You simply can't fix an IEP without this. Welcome to the Special Education Inner Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Witcher, and I'm excited today to talk about fixing an IEP, but not in the way that you think. But first, before we get started, I wanted to read a podcast review. Just so you guys know, every time you leave reviews, comments, shares, it helps this information reach more parents and teachers, which means that we can work together at an even bigger level on making sure that every child receives a free and appropriate public education that meets their unique needs, that prepares them for further education, employment, and independent living. Now, remember, I didn't make that up. That comes from my deal law. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not giving you legal advice, but I sure am going to tell you where to look to find the things that you need to fix an IEP, to build an IEP, to collaborate through the IEP process. So this uh, review is from Kearney. Kearney says, I love this latest episode. Ensuring accountability or next steps uh, that are determined by the IEP team is something that is so important so that decisions are followed through on for the child. Let's make sure the plans to implement the IEP are put into motion. Fantastic podcast. As a master IP coach, I am a devoted listener. So Kearney is a master IP coach. She's part of our master IP coach community. If you don't know what a master IP coach is, I'm going to encourage you to go over to masteriepcoach.com. That's where you can learn how to either a become a coach and help others through the IEP process, or B, you can also find a master IEP coach who are all independent practitioners helping parents and teachers through the IEP process. So let's go ahead and jump right in now. So you can't fix an IEP without this. What is this? This is consistency. We cannot fix an IEP without consistency. So here's what happens. You guys know I've been doing this for decades. And a lot of times what happens is somebody says, I need to have this IEP fixed. And I say, okay, but first let's check in and see what is being done consistently with the current document. Maybe the document itself doesn't need to get fixed, but the implementation needs to get fixed. And I'm going to give you some steps that you can do some double checking. So before you go and jump in and call that IEP meeting and say, this isn't working, we need to do something different. Let's make sure that what we agreed upon doing in the first place really is happening. So here's some checkpoints for you. All right. First thing is, we're going to start at the very front of the IEP, and in the front of the IEP, there's going to be a section that's typically called something like parent educational concerns. And parent educational concerns or the parent input letter, we need to make sure that that is in the IEP and that we are clear on what parents and school are working towards together. And when you see that parent input statement, you might go, oh, we didn't do such a great job on this. That happens quite a bit. That's okay. I'm not telling you to call an IEP meeting about that right now. That's something that we need to fix, but it's not immediate because if we're thinking in our head, we need to fix this IEP. It's not working. That means that there's something else that is happening. So we're not looking to fix all the details of the paperwork just yet, but I want you to go to that section. And then I want you to think about how are you collaborating between home and school right now? Now, our listeners here are are both parents and teachers. Well, they're admins and therapists. It's everybody on the IEP team. So you need to think about what is happening for collaboration between home and school. How is that happening? Now, if your answer is, well, I send a daily sheet home, or if as a parent, you're saying, well, I get a daily sheet every day. Is that customized enough? And is that giving you the information that you need? Now, don't think that I want to add more work onto the teachers or who's ever filling out that form or more work to the parents and, you know, giving them more paperwork to read every day. But we can work smarter, not harder, right? So is that communication that's going back and forth between home to school, is it consistent? And is it meaningful? 
Like, are we making sure that it's customized to us? So here's the thing. Some families, they care if their child ate their lunch every day. They need a report on that every day. Other people are like, I know my kid's going to eat their lunch. Like, I don't need a report on that every day. Some children can go home and share what happened during their school day, what book they read or what friends they played with. Some students cannot share that when they go home. So we may need to customize that piece of information that goes home. So when we say we need to fix an IEP, the first thing I want to make sure is that home to school are communicating in a way that works because we can't fix anything if we don't have home and school on board moving in the same direction, right? So let's double check that communication. Is it happening consistently? And is it customized to what that child needs? Now, Now I'm going to have you jump to the back of the IEP and we're going to kind of work backwards to figure out if things are being done consistently. Do we really need to fix the IEP or do we need to fix the implementation of the IEP? So again, working backwards, uh, jumping to the back of the IEP. Now remember, all IEPs look different. They don't even look the same in each state. They can look different district to district. But in general, this is about the workflow that happens within an IEP. There's a parent input statement in the front. And in the back, there's a section called service minutes. Service minutes is also where the placement is kind of further determined with some keywords of where a child is receiving their services. But I want you to look at those service minutes. Now in those service minutes, I want you to double check. Are they being received? How are they being received? Who is delivering those minutes, and what data is being collected. That's four questions just for those service minutes. You might need to write those down because we're going to talk about those a little bit in each of the areas that I'm going to have you double check consistency. So in those service minutes, again, here we go. Are they being received? How are they being received? Who is delivering those minutes and what data is being collected? Until you have those uh, pieces of information, I can't tell you if an IEP needs to be fixed. I need to know if this IEP is being done. And you know what? Sometimes staff shortages or sickness of the child missing school or a change in location where we thought services were going to be delivered are now being delivered someplace else or in a different way. Maybe we thought something was going to be small group and now it's large group. That happens a lot in speech therapy or occupational therapy. Knowing how the minutes are being delivered and and knowing who's doing that and what data is being collected. Those are important questions. Okay, so that's service minutes. You promise me you're going to go check on those, right? Before you call an IEP meeting and say, we need to fix this, get that information. Now, here's the second one. Again, we're working backwards. Typically, if we're working backwards through the IEP, one of the next sections you're going to come across is this accommodations and modifications. Those are all the things that a child needs in order to access their education, not just what they're working on, but the, the tools, the environment, the supports that they need to make their school day work for them. So again, I want you to look through the list. Are these accommodations and modifications, are they being received? How are they being received? Who is delivering these accommodations and modifications and what data is being collected? Now, some of you might say, wait, collect data on accommodations and modifications. That's not in the IEP. Like, we don't have to collect data on that. Okay, but you could, but you should, because here's the thing. If a child needs sensory breaks, first of all, what does that mean? It should be written much better in the IEP to further define what sensory breaks are. But let's just say that we, we have it defined. And we know what sensory breaks are supposed to look like in the IEP. That's a, that's a support. It's accommodations, modifications, you know, it's a, however it's being implemented within the day. 
Are you taking data to see how often is the child using the support? Do you know how many times I hear, well, that's not being done because the child's not asking for it. That's not part of this process. This part of the IEP, these are things that are given to a child. They are not earned. Child does not have to request them. The team has already agreed that this part is done. This part right here, this is a huge piece of why IEPs tend to look like they're not working. And it's not the document, it's the implementation of the document. So go to the accommodations, modifications, look down that list. I hope that they're customized for your child or for your student when you're looking at this. And then I want you to ask yourself those four questions again. How are they being uh, received? Are they being received at all? Who's delivering those and what data is being taken? Okay, which ones are being received? How are they being received? Who is delivering them and what data is being taken? All right, third thing that I want you to check, I want you to check on this, this happens, IEP goals. So if we've written the IEP in a good way, we should not have an overwhelming amount of IEP goals. We should have very prioritized, streamlined IEP goals. Now, a lot of times life kind of happens and, and we stop working on our goals, right? Like in real life, that happens. That happens in school too. Should it happen? No. Does it feel like a lot to keep working on all of these goals all the time? Yes, it does. Do we sometimes need to prioritize and communicate and make sure we know which goals are a priority and, and which goals might be taking a little bit of a backseat? So they're still in the IEP. We're going to be working on them, but they're not quite the priority goals right now. Yeah, we need to have that conversation. But if you feel like an IEP is not working, again, no matter what your role is on that team, whether you're a therapist who's implementing things, you're a teacher, you're a parent who's concerned about this, you need to figure out, are these goals being worked on? Like, are they being received in the child's day? Is the child receiving the direct instruction, the specialized instruction on these goals? How? How is this happening? Because here's the thing. You can write an IEP goal and the way that I interpret it might be different than the way that you interpret it. Now, if we write it really well, there's should be uh, very little kind of, uh, you know, mm, how do we do this kind of thing. We should be able to determine how we do this pretty easily, but there's still going to be some variances with, depending on how I read it versus how you read it. So let's really think about how is this goal being delivered? You might be surprised that how a goal is being delivered, this direct instruction or that third question that I'm asking you of like, who is delivering it? You might be surprised of what is actually happening when you start to have the conversation of, is this goal being worked on? How, like, how is it being received in the child's day? The specialized instruction or direct instruction and who's doing it and what data is being collected? Now, those are three big areas to look at. Now, remember, we start with the parent, the collaboration, this home to school communication. We make sure that if we think we need to fix an IEP, the first thing we have to do is we have to start communicating. We have to make sure that we're talking about the good stuff, not just the, the everyday you know, information that may or may not have meaning for this child. Let's not waste our time sending home generic communication that nobody really is using in the child's day. So... If you think you need to fix the IP, we first fix the home to school communication. We customize it. We make sure it's happening consistently. Then we go through service minutes. Is there consistency? We already went through, right? Received. How are they being received? Who's doing this? Is there data? Accommodations, modifications, goals. If you check those four areas and you can answer all of those questions, there is a good chance that either 
First of all, you're going to figure out where there are inconsistencies in the child's services in their day in how their day is being facilitated for them. You're gonna figure out what needs to happen and it's not gonna require a paperwork change or, or if it does require a paperwork change, you're gonna have the best IEP meeting because you're gonna have all this information. Hey, this is what was supposed to happen. This is what is happening. This is what is not happening now. So how are we gonna fix this paperwork to support the child? Because the plan that we thought was gonna work, it's not working and we've been consistent in implement, implementing this document. So we can say it's officially not working because we've been consistent in doing it. See, an IEP is just a tool. It's not this magical thing that we create and all of a sudden the child starts learning, making progress. We know that, right? You have all bought things in your life that are systems that are supposed to help you do something better. They're supposed to help you reach your goals. Maybe it's a planner, right? Every year you get a new planner. You're like, oh, this one's beautiful and it's perfect. And it's got all these systems and it's going to help me write down my goals. And I'm going to be um, able to, to, you know, organize my day and I'm going to be able to be more productive or I'm going to be able to reach those goals, right? Like, like you buy this planner and you're like, this is great. And you fill it out and that's great. And then you still don't do it. Is it the planner's fault? It's not the planner's fault. The paper itself works. It's the person behind the paper. And I'm guilty of it. We all are. We come up with these systems. We write these plans. We think this is going to be fantastic. But it has to do with consistency, follow through, communication, accountability. So before you start jumping on that, like, we got to fix this IEP, it's not working. Let's do our due diligence and check these areas and see, does the IEP need fixing or does the implementation of the IEP need to have more accountability and consistency within it? If you took away any negative, this you're like, yes, I need to do that. I'm still struggling a little bit, but I, I definitely like, I got this. Like, it, you're right. It's not necessarily the document. It, it's implementation. It's teamwork. And these things are hard. I totally get that. I want you to go get a free IEP checklist that I have. It's 12 IEP questions that you need to ask. This will help walk you through even more of these steps of double checking that you're not missing anything in this IEP process. You can grab that over at masteriepcoach.com. Also, don't forget to share this with another parent, teacher, admin, therapist, somebody who's like struggling through the IEP process. And you're like, here's some steps. Here's some steps that you could take today to help work through some of the IEP struggles. Go ahead and share that. And again, of course, your five-star review, your comments on Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, on all the, those all help to make sure that more parents and teachers get the information they need so, to support the students who need it most. I can't wait to see you guys next time on the Special Education Inner Circle Podcast.